400th take. Hi everyone, my name is Lucila Luprano and today I will be your host for Welcome to My World, EU TV's first podcast. Today I'll be sitting down with Lori and we will have a chat about true crime. He will then tell me his favorite piece of media within that genre and I'll go on to watch it. As soon as I watch it, we will sit down again and have an exchange of opinions. Today we'll be talking about American Murder, the family next door. Hope you enjoy. Uh, I thought we'd take a look at our True Crime Netflix documentary that was out uh, last year. And it's about the Watts family murders, which happened in America, in Colorado. And it's a, a one-episode documentary, so for people that aren't um, quite sure how much they want to dive into this type of thing, it's not going to take up too much of your time. It gives you a taste of what you want uh, to all the stuff you want to take a look at. So it's quite a good place to start. Great. And do you like true crime in general? I do, yeah. I, it's, it's A lot of people find it quite a strange thing to enjoy, um, but I know there's something I find quite interesting about it. And... I think a lot of people growing up, they always think, oh, it'd be cool to be a detective and things like that. But nobody wants to do all the work that you have to do to get there. Uh, so you can kind of indulge in that um, little dream everyone had growing up just by watching these type of things. Do you have any other favourites? So like any other either shows or I think you talked about the YouTube show? Yeah, well, there's a big, um, it's a massive YouTube show that I think most people have and that's, um, I think best and probably the only thing to come out BuzzFeed and that's BuzzFeed Unsolved uh, with two guys which run their own little uh, show about kind of true crime case into quite uh, quite in depth and it's just like a half an hour video about different cases and it's, it's it's really entertaining and then from that I kind of spit into a few other different things uh, there's a lot of stuff out on there on Netflix like um about loads of different cases. There was one recently released about the Seattle Hotel, which has got lots of great stories and background to that one. Um, but I, want... I, I've already told you this. I really like ASMR true crime, which is just the biggest clash in history. I feel like, but it's just because it's so. I don't know. I have I fallen asleep? Yes. It has happened that I've fallen asleep to people describing gruesome murders. Yes, multiple times. Um, but it's just so interesting to, because oftentimes in YouTube videos, when they talk about a case, you will have like recordings and I find them often very distressing. Um, but in, that's the complete opposite. You're like, and basically she was stabbed. And I was like, yes, oh my God, stabby, stabby, and so relaxing. I literally study with um, ASMR true crime things. If you want, I can recommend some of those. I mean, personally, I, I like listen to stuff falling asleep, uh, whether that's just random podcasts or YouTube videos or whatever. And I'm sure sometimes it's end up being some sort of murder mystery or something. But I wouldn't say I find it relaxing, to be honest. I don't know where that's coming from. But the thing is, it, my okay, I'm I'm a bit of a true crime fan, but I don't like documentaries usually because they seem a bit too serious for me. And yeah. my personal, like my two personal favorite ways to watch true crime are podcasts 
and BuzzFeed Unsolved. So I've watched every single episode of BuzzFeed Unsolved, including The Supernatural. Yeah. Um, but my favorite podcast, which sounds ominous from the name, uh, is My Favorite Murder, because it's literally these two ladies talking about murders, and each of them brings a case that the other one doesn't know or doesn't know in depth. And it's fun. Weirdly enough, it's fun because they're like, oh, my God, it's like one of those conversations that you would have with a friend after a few beers or like a few glasses of wine. You're like, oh, my God, let me tell you about this one murder that I know a weirdly amount about. <laughs> no, I think I definitely think that for true crime, it's, uh, it's good to have a kind of more happier aspect in terms of laughing and having conversations about it which is why I think it's a good thing that uh, you can kind of recommend to friends and stuff and when lots of people have seen it then you can kind of get to a more lighthearted aspect and they'll talk about it and share your own kind of ideas and theories on whether what happened um, and kind of just different aspects of the case so yeah I do think that's an important bit of it as well. Do you have a personal favorite true crime story so like there are the famous ones? Well, I really enjoyed the family in Australia that all just completely out of nowhere decided to leave their home and all drive into loads of different parts of Australia. And I think the bit I like about that is it's recent. Um, so it's actually, they're all still around. Um, I think they're still telling their story about it. And it is, there's kind of a few pretty solid ideas on what could have happened and doctors have all weighed in on it. So I think when it's not just complete speculation and there's like a few set ideas uh, that intrigues me a little bit more because you kind of have a better case to back for uh, I find that really interesting yeah you see I was like oh no I don't like any set ideas I like when the like the bonkers the better for me yeah because my favorite is and this is a massive classic and I think it was my favorite like true crime like thing ever and it's John Bonet Ramsey uh which is like very classic but I like to think that it was the brother and the parents were covering for him I agree yeah but at the same time I also like when people come and it was and they're they're like it was the masonry and they were you know it was a gang or it was like a cult and the father knew that this cult was raping his daughter and I'm like yes I absolutely love that which doesn't make sense it's the most far-fetched thing that you can get. I love it. Yeah, I like that you get behind this case and you like, in your head, right? Yes, this is definitely what's happened. That someone goes, what about this? Right? No, I'll have to completely jump onto this now instead. And it's good that you, like, even after knowing the full story, you can still jump about all over the place and change your mind a lot. I think that's, that's a good part of it. I am going to now go and watch it. And I'm a bit terrified because I'm not a film, like, I don't like documentaries usually so this is a bit of a new experience for me out of my comfort zone so it's been maybe what a month and a half and we're back and I've seen uh American Murder the family next door or American Family the murder next door I always get mixed up like I wrote down every single name because I was like, mm-hmm, I need to remember everything and not the actual name of the thing I watched, which is, okay. No, it's, American, yeah, it's just those words thrown together in some order will do, I'm sure. American Murder, The Family Next Door. Um, Let's go with that. 
Yeah, no, 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 I looked it up. I looked it up. It's that. Um, it's just both ways it would work because it is the very, it, it makes, it's the same either way. So I, I really liked it. Uh, not only because we stand true crime in this house, but also because um, I've never seen a documentary shot this way, which is not, nothing was actually shot. So they gathered footage from like um, news stations and um, home footage. So like stuff that she would post on Facebook and stuff and text messages were shared from the family, like the family decided to share them with her, like the filmmaker. And um, the interrogation room recording that were made public. So it's all like, it's mostly stuff that it's available to the public. And they just made it in a way in which it tells a story, which is fascinating to me because um, a few years back, uh, Xavier Dolan, who is a Canadian director, released a film. Actually, wanted to release a film, but it was three hours long. And the distribution company that is usually very adamant with this, like he's, they're really fine with him, whatever he makes. They're like, we're going to distribute it for you. They were like three hours. It's a no from us. So he changed, like he deleted a whole character in post-production, which to me just, I don't know how you do that. How do you completely erase one character from your story? So, and I feel like this, the way in which, this story is being told just through post-production essentially makes like kind of makes me understand whatever he did in post-production because they and, and it's very smart the way in which it's told because it's like kind of obvious but at the same time you're like why is this tense i don't get it why like i know what's gonna happen why am I getting? And then at some points you would go to routes that you were not expecting. Yeah. Like the, um, the fact that he was cheating on her. Yes, you were expecting that he was cheating on her, but then they give you the whole story. They're not like, oh no, 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 no. Here's receipts, literal receipts from the uh, like credit cards. Here is everything. Yeah, I um, think it's just put together so so well and organized in a way that you don't normally see from these type of things, which kind of gives it a real, authenticity I think yeah and I I really like the opening I felt like that was really well, well constructed because it it, it it begins at the end then there is the main title like it begins not at the end but like half after the deed has been done and it's him doing the first I think like interview after he found that his wife had disappeared um oh no she has disappeared and his Whoa. name is christopher lee watts let's let's give names to people christopher lee watts um is very very surprised that his family has disappeared and he's doing an interview because the whole community is pretty upset because you know it's a it's a it's a woman shannon with her two kids she was pregnant so everyone was very concerned because i don't remember if it's a gated community or just like a very like close-knit community but it yeah was, yeah there's something like that yeah. it was weird that something like that would have happened in frederick colorado thank you very much i wrote everything down i told you um and so it starts there and then we have about a month of reconstruction of what has actually happened 
um, which is, let's just give the story straight to the peeps. Basically, um, we find, oh, also the pregnancy, sorry, the way in which they tell the, the, the pregnancy, I was so, I was like, oh, okay, so, you know, murder man, and then murder man to a pregnant lady? No, 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 no. This is batshit crazy. I mean, like my expectations were already low, but <laughs> all the way through the floor. Exactly. Like, how do you even, like, that? Mm, no. But no, my, so I really like how it's very, so it starts with her, when they start doing the reconstruction, I think it starts with her leaving for the holidays with the kids and like saying that there were already a few problems not completely being able to talk um and then well she's awake i think she's gone for a month and a half and for two weeks no he was supposed to come for four weeks but then he only ended up joining them for two weeks because they go to north carolina where they're both from is it in her parents or something like that yeah but i think then she visits also his parents because they're also from north carolina um but then she argues with his mom and i find it really interesting that whenever they mention something during the reconstruction then they would go even further back for example she's arguing with his mom and then they talked about how he might have like during the wedding his mom didn't show up like his whole family didn't show up because um they didn't like shannon so I feel like it's it's a very smart way. And even then they use like they use like family like there is no interview in this, which is so good because as much as you're biased, because of course you're gonna be biased by how the director wants you to feel in the documentary, that's just the thing that we yeah. kind of ignore when we watch documentaries. We're like, oh, we're being given facts. No, unless it's like really like a I don't know it's David Attenborough probably not I mean even then you could have someone who makes a nature documentary that is completely biased you know yeah. like the ones that are do- that they're doing on Netflix or the Leonardo DiCaprio one it's not biased in a me- in a bad way because now we think bias is bad but it's very much but yeah they're making it for a reason yeah they're trying to make yeah. a point of a specific topic exactly and I feel like it's the same thing with this one but at the same time the fact that it's so far removed from everyone who was involved because nobody's being asked actual questions like even the way in which the questions might be phrased and the way to someone you, who you're interviewing might might kind of lead them to say something so the fact that there were no interviews amazing um but y- yeah I, i've talked about please this is not a long okay <laughs> yeah no i i completely agree i thought it's for most of these kind of documentaries they're kind of told in quite a a blunt way, but I thought they really kind of kind of paid respects to, to the kid, to Shannon and the kids quite well with this. And I thought telling the whole kind of background story through more her eyes than anyone else's made it a lot more interesting as well. Because uh, then it kind of feels like you have an insight into what she's like going through at that time. Because mostly it's just the killer did this and the killer did that. But it's kind of seeing it through the victims as well kind of makes it feel a lot more human in a way as well almost as if killers kill actual human beings yeah exactly it's crazy isn't it yeah no and i like how they almost like because the kids were very young so um i think bella was like six or four and the other one was two or something um cc the other one um 
I feel like even to them, they made them so real, which is something yeah. that all the time, like kids never get anything said about them when they're being murdered, which is so upsetting, unless it's stuff like, they like playing ball and, but no, to them, they were like, and Cece was very allergic to this stuff. And not only this caused problem, but this made her mom feel a certain way about her, you know, which is giving personality to Shannon and to Cece, which, I don't know, I feel even Nico, the child that wasn't born, had more personality than Chris. Uh, no offense to the man, but... No, no, yeah, I thought that's true. I think that's how it I mean, as well. Actually, all the offense possible to the man, he's a murderer. <laughs> yeah. um, it's just like, in the way that they tell the story, it becomes evident that he's very passive. Um, and she also talks about that in the texts. And she's like, oh no, I made him feel less of a man because I always wear the pants in the relationship and so on and so forth, um, which is just weird. Like, who cares who wears the trousers? There's a whole thing that's just so very unsettling because you kind of see from, I think the, the most kind of interesting footage that they use is the, the body cams from the police officers that were on, on scene. Obviously, there are they're going around with Chris and he's taking them around everything and they're having these chats with them. And you can you can see it in him that there's not really there's not everything there. He's yeah. there's something really unsettling about the way he kind of carries himself. And then you kind of get fed more and more about the magic goes on, which kind of plays into that even more. Yeah, and I, I really like um because in those body cams you can also see the neighbor and he's yeah. like why is he talking? I never heard a word out of him. And that was like, not only that sets a president, a precedent. So like he never spoke, which goes back to the being passive, but also why is he speaking? You know, like, mm, doesn't sit right with me if you ask me. Oh no. Yeah, it didn't even seem like kind of when people get nervous, they talk a lot. It wasn't even like that. It just like, he just yeah. shut up about it. Like, the most random things and he's, he's it's not like he's even like anxious talking that he's completely normal so so matter of fact like yeah and then basically this happened and he's just like so weirdly calm yeah and you know how he like when he confessed he was talking to his father and there he got upset but i feel like in that moment he didn't get upset about what yeah. he had done more about like sorry i let you down father and then when the police came back in he was fine like, no, it was fine, but it was like, sorry. But yeah. also, he lied. The fact that he lied about a dead person, like... Yeah, when he, he knew it was all over, but still felt the need to, to try and push it out even even more and just try and twist it even further. It was just... Yeah, oh. so basically the reason why we're saying this is because um, the way where how it happened, which actually is interesting that they tell it like that because how they decided to tell us how everyone died was that um, we heard or we were explained his um, like confession, which was he said that he killed Shannon because she, in a fit of rage, she killed she one of the daughters or both the daughters. I think it was both, yeah. Um, and then he felt the need to... Um, take care of the bodies because he didn't know what to do because he as a reaction what he did was just like kill his wife uh as it turns out 
not true uh he had actually killed all of them but the worst part is he so he killed shannon when she was asleep again being completely passive about the situation because i don't want to say like oh you're killing someone in their sleep it means that you're passive you can be super aggressive but it means that you're you know you're beneath that person because it's someone that is gonna either gonna put up a fight or you're terrified to look at them in the eyes yeah, you knew you'd be able to go through with it if she was still awake. And the other thing is that he carried his wife's, his dad's wife's body to this plant. He was because he wor- worked in oil something. Um, and he took it to the plant and put her in a shallow grave and then suffocated the kids after the kids were in the car with their dead mother. Uh, I don't know how he can sit in the car for. They were saying it, it was it's like a long drive to get there, so he would have been in the car with his two kids for like an hour, while one of them, their mum's in the back of the truck. Yeah, and um, Cece was asleep because she she was really like she was two, and I mean, sure, fine, she was two, um, but um, Bella was awake, or would it get like wake up every so often, and she would ask like. Why is mama laying down? Is she sick? Like, is she, is she not feeling well? And, and he would just say yes. Yeah, he just, he just like completely carried on with it. Like it was yeah. nothing. And then like, um, I think the bit where it hit rock bottom for me was when they were telling, like they, they, they wrote this so perfectly. So that at the end, you just had like zero care whatsoever or no sympathy at all for this guy. And they did that so well at the end, how they were like, oh, and then when he drove them out there, he killed one of his daughters and then dragged her off and then went to kill the other one. And she she just cocked on, even at like five years old or whatever, what's actually going on. She's like, oh, daddy, please don't hurt me. And he does it anyway. I was like, oh, no. I know, that's the worst thing ever. And the fact that, I so the thing that I read, because I went and looked up more information, yeah. is that not only he says that like i think he wrote a book now because of course people publish that shit um he says that he still hears his daughter saying it and i'm like yeah why the fuck did why why didn't you stop that new bitch like how care that that moment, why did you not care at the time yeah like i'm not gonna say like oh in that moment he was still in the fit of the rage nah nah it's been hours plural yeah, he's perfectly aware of what's going on. That's not fine. That like, and the worst thing is that I read is that according to certain um, one, the first analysis they did, I don't know if it's been like dismissed or something. The like Bella was still alive when she was put in the oil thing, so she she had only passed out and she died of suffocation because the thing was closed. And no suffocation from him, like... Oh, I didn't even read that. And I was like, mm, this is literally Jesus telling you, you have another chance. Yeah. I don't even believe in the guy, but the guy was like, come on, I'm giving and you then, another shot. Uh, I did read that they he put them in, like, um, oil tanks. Yes. Um, like the and bit, uh, Yeah, and they're saying that, that they're not built for, like, large purposes. So, like, they wouldn't have fit in there. So you would have had to, like cram them in there and it's like that's just so graphic and horrible and oh 
I watch it while having lunch, of course. Because <laughs> that's I I watched 15 seasons of Colonel Mines while having lunch or dinner or both. Not at the same time, but on the same day. So like I'm I'm I the thing is like it's so far removed, even though it's like true crime, it's so far removed, weirdly enough, because there is the whole suspension of disbelief when we watch something rather than hear it from someone we know. Then I'm like, eh, I can have lunch while watching this. Yeah, you, you don't yeah. I, I could I could do that as well. I ended up watching it, it uh before I went to bed. So when I finished it, I was kind of just sitting there like so deflated, just like, oh, I hate people. <laughs> I'm just done with this now. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, I would fall asleep watching some <laughs> minds when I was watching it. And I would wake up and I was like, why am I stressed? And I'm like, because you probably are having like a fucking nightmare about some weird like rapist following you because you watch crying before going to bed that was the last word you heard just drifting off this and then he killed them all you're like oh yeah it's just so <laughs> relaxing this is great but no it's it's something i i i don't know i feel like it's so i i mean i read this whole theory that the reason why we watch crime and the reason why in crime they always the good always wins is because it's sort of a way to make us feel better and in a weird way, also this documentary makes us feel better because, like, as hyenas, as the the crime, the crimes where we know who did it, yeah, and we know that they're in jail. While if you listen to like podcasts, sometimes they're like, "Oh, this is a case that happened. Never apprehended anyone for it." And yes, I'm like, it's completely <gasps> unsolved, and it will be forever. You're like, "Oh, okay." I mean, and as long as it's like. Jack the Ripper, I'm good. I'm like, good. He he dead because that was 200 years ago. Yeah. But if it's like, yeah, yeah, he could possibly still be active. You know, it was like 10 years ago. And I'm like, what do you mean? Thanks. Um, but my favorite thing is when they found out the, what was it? The Gold State Killer through 23andMe. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you now, yeah. <laughs> Uh, for people who don't know, who are not like, crime, like uh, true crime heads, can we say true crime heads? Is that a thing? Yeah, I, I guess. True crime people, true crime aficionados. Basically, uh, there was this guy who was active in the seventies who would rape and murder women. At first, he would only rape them, and then he was like, you know what? More pain. Kill them all. Um, and then he stopped, uh, which and people were like, oh, he probably moved. So they're not connecting the cases or he um, he got married and had kids. So he just didn't find the interest in it anymore. But anyways, someone did a 23andMe and I don't know how, but the US like has access to that database. So they were cross-checking the DNAs that they have for killers because they had a trace of DNA, but it wasn't that good at the time. So whatever and um it was someone's uncle someone who had done to it so that's how he he's in his 80s he's going to jail now but it's that's just not the test you want to submit no <laughs> just get back right you're related to something oh maybe like some sort of famous monarch or like a important pl- no a horrible murderer congratulations yeah, you, you gotta love that. Um, but no, um, my question was actually gonna a bit derail from that, but going back to documentaries, 
And how do you feel like that is affecting us? Because we were talking about how we're kind of getting desensitized to it, but more on a sense of like, we are telling the stories of people that are very naughty. Uh, do you think that is like potentially glorifying them or is it like, because in this case, I feel like they did such a good job at creating like the antagonist yeah. that it's definitely not glorifying him. But for people like, I don't know, Ted Bundy, who not only got documentaries made about him, but also there was the film with Zac Efron. And let's be real, people that say that Ted Bundy was attractive. No, Zac Efron is attractive. It's nothing to do with him. (laughs) Like, you're something wrong. Oh, yeah, that horrible psychopath. Wow. Just such redeeming qualities he has. Yeah. Sorry, it's just... Have you ever been on Tumblr, true crime? <laughs> I, I can't say I have, no. I haven't, but I have friends who are there. And some people are bashing crazy. <laughs> like, they're like, oh my God, he was so attractive. I wish I could marry him about any killer. And I'm like... Yeah, like, why didn't they kill me? You're like, okay. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I get, I want to die too. But at the same time, mm, I don't have a fetish about... Anyone in particular? Yeah, it's not really a goal from like specific I mean, person. Except Sebastian Stan. Sebastian Stan, if you're hearing this, choke me with that metal arm, dude. Anyways, going back to I don't want to be killed. Uh, this is for Jack is gonna cut that out, but that was for Jack because <laughs> you know that I hate him. Um, unless uh, Chloe edits this, and I'm like, sorry. Yeah, that's just awkward now. So <laughs> <laughs> you know I like Sebastian. Anyways um yeah do you feel like because like there is the extreme case of uh ted bundy but also like menson like he's they they made so many films about him is that in a way saying like oh my god he was so cool though yeah i I think when they make these things they do have to be careful because (laughs) i guess we're talking about this one is is kind of put it together perfectly and and not uh, and being really careful with how they've done it and it's worked out well. But I, I think there's definitely things I've seen where it, they, it just seems like almost like a sympathy documentary for them. And be like, oh, they had this tough life. And then 10 years later, they killed all these people. And I say, yes, these are important facts to the story. But the way they, they show that is that, oh, yeah, you should totally feel sorry for this person. Forget the 20 people that they killed. This guy is the one you need to think about. And it's like, I, I do think it, you, people will end up being kind of desensitized depending on how they make them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think when, when we're getting kind of the time now where we watch so many documentaries and pieces of media constantly, there's so much out there that you do have to be careful on how you make things because uh, it would be quite easy for someone to get into true crime and then watch five or ten uh, where they are uh, just kind of throwing random stuff out there and not thinking about how they put them together. Since there's so much out there, it would be easy to kind of um, to get that impression from kind of the whole genre when really there, there is plenty out there that, that do tell the story um, kind of how it should be told uh, but yeah I, I think it is it is possible for that to happen um, but at the same time I've, I've kind of I watched I've seen quite a lot of it um, and read into it all and everything but still when I see um, films and movies and TV shows or whatever about kind of these type of characters, I still find them completely and utterly like unsettling just to watch even actors portray them, never mind like real footage of them. 
So I, I and that's me even seeing a lot of them. So I don't know if there is some sort of um, kind of thing with our brains that we can kind of separate when someone's making a documentary to how how this would play out in real life. So I, I think there's something in in our brains that can kind of help us separate them together. But the idea of like mm, sympathizing with the killer kind of leads back to, for example, Netflix released Tiger King. I haven't watched it, but basically I think from my, my understanding from someone very removed, because like it didn't look like my thing at all. Um, basically him, the Tiger King guy, is in jail at the moment because he yeah. got arrested for the murder of the husband of one of his competitors. Carol Baskin's husband, yeah? That, yeah, I, I haven't seen it, but I believe that's, that's the But the thing story, is, like, yeah. now people are, like, coming up with crazy theories in which he didn't do it and it was actually her. Which, I mean, I haven't seen the thing, so I don't know how far-fetched that is, but yeah. they're sympathizing with someone who potentially, and according to the law, is the killer. Yeah, and, like, there's even songs about it and, like, viral yeah. even, like, TikTok trends about this, <laughs> like convicted killer it's, it is a bit weird yeah yeah i don't know how much we should trust our generation with stuff because like they will make that's true <laughs> um but also like the there was another like because i wanted to get into documentary like true crime documentaries for a while and i was like trying to understand which one i should watch first and i remember reading about making a murderer the, um, I think it was like the first big that was the first big Netflix one yeah I've seen that one and I've read that the worst criticism that they have is that and which is the reason why I didn't watch it that it feels heavily led by the director or whoever the producers because every single episode or other episode you change your mind about who did it and as much as that could be entertaining there is someone who's in jail at the moment so there is someone who got killed. So it's not all fun and games. There is still like, people are affected by the situation. Yeah. So I, I actually didn't finish that one because everyone obviously is quite highly uh, kind of rated in people's opinions and, and people's standings of true crime documentaries. And although it is like enjoyable in a way and like dramatic, it's only that way because they've, they've made it to be. And mm -hmm. like, it is very like every episode oh ta-da there's a new twist oh my god this has now happened and and they try to like throw you on and it's clear you're trying to be led down different paths at the same time so you kind of jump between them and you're kind of pulled into it which does seem really a weird thing to do surrounding people's deaths and rapes and all these sort of horrible things and like using it for dramatic purposes just seem a little bit weird I couldn't even finish it just because it felt just felt too off since you said you didn't finish that one, is there a there is there one that you would recommend that I watch after I've watched this one for like to like continue on my true crime documentary steps? Yeah, well, there's um, it seems to be quite a big kind of a Netflix base for them. There's like tons of them on Netflix. So there's quite a there was one which was released a year ago, which was uh, the Madeline McCann one. I thought that was awful, personally. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't like that one, but there's the. Me then. <laughs> <laughs> I won't. Yeah, but I, I, the Aaron Hernandez one is better, uh, and there's um, well, it's it's kind of a drama, but it's 
still connected to true crime as well as the, okay. the people versus OG Simpson as well, which um is it the um, what's his name? Ryan David Schwimmer is in it as well. Yeah, it's it's Ryan yeah. Murphy. He's the same guy from um, American Horror Story and Glee, uh, who decided to go into true crime. I remember when it was first coming out, and I watched it back then. But I think I was like 13, so I wasn't finding it as exciting. Uh, and David Schwimmer as Mr. Kardashian kind of scared me. I'm not gonna lie. Not yeah, gonna lie. I, I, uh, like watched and listened to all these different things about the O.J. Simpson case, and obviously everyone's so fascinated by it because he was a high-profile person, because kind of a household name in America, and none of that really. I didn't understand any of that at the time. But now I've kind of recently rewatched stuff like that. It makes a lot more sense why it's such a, a high profile case and why so many people are kind of invested in it. Have you seen the second season of that, which is the Versace one? I haven't, no. Also, I said Versace with an English accent. Italian <laughs> people don't come for me. I know it's Versace. I'm from Rome. Um, it's because I've heard that that one was more distance from reality so it was more yeah. artistic in a sense and I don't know why because like there is so little about Gianni Versace's murder and I'm Italian so I want to know any, everything and if anything and I want to be like Donatella who like I don't know if you've seen Donatella Versace's um, 73 question with Vogue but she's like what do you do during a, a usual day she's like having a mental breakdown probably and I felt that like the accent, the fact that she was just like leaning, you know, on a door, like having a mental breakdown, probably with that voice, everything. And I get her. Her like brother got killed when at the peak of his career, she didn't like. She kind of wanted the money, but at the same time, she didn't get it because her daughter got all the fucking company. It was upsetting. She's probably having a mental breakdown. So I want to know more about why she was having the mental breakdown uh, in, the, in the first place. But yeah, um, also I'm not a fan of Ryan Murphy. I didn't disclose that. I despise the man wholeheartedly. I feel like he makes one good thing and then he he gets in his head and makes four shitty things. Um, that's to peel himself back in again. <laughs> yeah, like, Sorry, uh, for example, people are so excited about Hollywood. I don't know if you've seen the Netflix show Hollywood. I don't he's, know. He's behind that and he's awful. People are like, it's so good. Look at the costumes. Look at the atmosphere. I'm like, is this a TV show about atmosphere or about the plot? Because if it's about the plot, no bueno. This literally could have been a film, but you made five episodes of this shit. Ew. Um, I'm not a big fan of the man, but I I I I'm gonna rewatch that because I know it's on Netflix now, so it's easier to like the OJ Simpson one. Yeah. Um, but I uh, so it's the Aaron Hernandez one, and so is uh, like Don't Fuck with Cats is on, is on Netflix as well. Netflix has got quite a big base of of uh, kind of true crime documentaries on it. I had a question. So I don't know if you've seen this one, but the first true crime documentary that someone came to me and was like, "You have to watch this." It's actually not a murder documentary. And I, so I don't know if it really classes as true crime, but it's the um, wild, wild country that it's about uh, the guru guy that goes to Oregon 
like from India and creates the whole, like indoctrinates people. It's about like- I don't think I've seen anything about this actually. It's about a cult. Um, And he would like, basically they took hostage a whole city at one point. It's very interesting, but it's so boring the way in which it's told. I think in two years, I managed to watch two episodes and a half. Because <laughs> it's so slow. It's so, like, I want to know how it ends. Like, how did the FBI get rid of the men? But at the same time, just get to the point. Yeah, I think that's probably most true crime documentaries. Their struggle is pacing. Is like, there's so much detail to cover that, they don't know what to do with it and end up kind of either throwing it all in and it ends up coming like a massive drag or they leave out half the story and you feel like you've got to the end and you don't know like what half of the important end? details and you're so kind of sitting there like, okay, but what happened here, here, here and here? There is this like one episode, I need to tell you about it because it's so boring, about this one lady, uh, she's getting interviewed and she talks about how she fell in love with this guru guy when she was 14 and he was in his 30s or she was 12 and he was in his 30s it's a weird thing because his parents introduced them but they introduced them for religious like spiritual purposes but then she fell in love because he was so knowledgeable yeah you know that kind of crush that you get (laughs) when you're 12 and someone knows shit and you're like oh my god they know everything I, I wasn't ever going to track the cult leader. Me neither. But at the same time, it's like, you know that one person, they were like, they're 10 years older than me. They know everything. I think when you're 12, not when you're like a bit older. I mean, especially uh, when you're 12, you won't understand what cult is anyway. So you're just like, yeah, this is great. Exactly. And then he left when she was 16 to go to the US and she just followed. Oh. That's and now she's big. like 50 and she's like 60 or something and she's still in love with the man she's still like oh, i still love it i think he's dead i don't even they don't even explain to you if he's dead or not they don't tell you anything about him except like how wonderful he was yeah, he exists he was a cult leader and that's that's it here's some interviews <laughs> it was oh my god so many it's literally one episode is just like this lady telling about how much she loves the man and yeah, like, I don't. I don't think I could watch this. And then a psychologist getting like interviews in the middle, being like, "Yeah, he was really attractive to women because he had the classic personality of cult leader- leaders that makes you want to marry them." <laughs> it's so bad. Like, do you need eight episodes to tell me this story? Are you sure it's in Oregon? You can just tell me drugs were involved, and I believe you. Yeah, I think true crime does kind of like. I, I think you need to know what you're doing to make a good one because there's there's plenty of people that just try to give it a go and it just ends up so bad and it's not it's not even like watchable. Like if you see if you get a bad movie, you can still sit through it. But there's something about true crime because it's already such like a somber thing. Yeah. When it's bad, a bad watch, it's just it's awful. Mm. But like there's there's enough out there that there's. So you can try and you can avoid the bad ones because <laughs> a good one is really good. But there is like quite a big gap and kind of how good these are. Fair point, yeah. I think this is a great note to end on. Like you can watch some great ones, but also be 
like beware there is a lot of shit out there especially on netflix that right now is jumping the gun on any like true crime stuff that they can produce literally can i produce it and netflix well yeah there could be um, like a shoplifting down the road and they'd, they'd mash find a three-part series on it absolutely maybe six part like with possibly yeah of people being in love with the cult leader <laughs> anyways um i think this is the end thanks so much for listening to welcome to my world uh where can people find you Lori? where can they find me <laughs> not like on the street but like on the interwebs if you want to be found if not you can also not be found no i i actually don't have any sort of anything i'd want to plug actually i think i'm all good well okay yeah you can find me at my name is lucilla on instagram and on my link tree you can find me on letterboxd on tv time youtube all that fun stuff um she probably shutting out EUTV though. That's probably, oh, yeah, probably a good choice. <laughs> I mean, this is EUTV's podcast. We are in EUTV. Yeah, I'm sure they know who EUTV are. It's like if if in the review viewer, like, and thanks EUTV for let us, letting us do this. What? So, I mean, to be fair, we have the logo in the sure. videos. So, yeah, thanks EUTV for having us. <laughs> Thank you. Welcome to our world. Thank thanks you. Us. Thanks, thanks us. Thanks us. Oh my god, you for rewatching the wait, hang on. American Murder, the family next door. Hashtag. Uh, me for watching it the first time. Thanks, Jack, for being an okay producer who's not even here for to produce the thing he's supposed to be producing. It's great. It's great. Thanks everyone for listening. Just thanks everyone. <laughs> thanks everyone for listening. There might be an episode next week. Or this is the last episode of the season. I don't know. Bye. <laughs> and that's a wrap.